0: Nermix here from the Intellivisionaries. When I get tired of living in the 80s, playing the first 16-bit console in Intellivision, I warp over to the 90s and listen to the SNES podcast. Well, actually, I couldn't do that in the 90s because podcasts really weren't around. But hey, Soul Blazers is a great host, great show. I like to think of it as total SNES immersion. You might call it a SNES education. Wow, that flowed well. Awesome idea, Paul. Back to the show. better picture sound and adventure. now you're playing with power super power get a king italian the king, I tell you, I tell you're king.
1: only people really have any that only has super power you're listening to the SNES broadcast with your hosts Soul Blazer and Alessandro.
0: Uh, hello and welcome to the Super NES podcast. a special, a special episode, uh, like in which, like, like with my co like Alondro, and myself, we're we'll talking about, uh, we'll be talking about our top three uh, favorite Disney games, like for the system.
1: It's exciting because you know Disney, um, uh, you know, as a brand, has been around for so long. So that obviously extends to the, the video game universe, and there's so many great games, especially on the Super Nintendo. So this was more of a a way to kind of look at the best and talk about it in terms of like simply just picking a simple platformer because majority of them were platformers Mm -hmm. Um, and we can go into more depth on how we felt personally to the games because there's so many good. So yeah, so we've got a top three each and we're going to go through each of them individually um, and discuss why we love them so much. They're not necessarily the best games. They could maybe feel more nostalgic. Um, They might feel just something that was always uh, stuck with us um, even to now when we still play the console. But in the end of the day, um, it's just an amazing aspect when you compare franchises today, licensed games today compared to back then. The quality difference is amazing. Back in the 90s, there was a lot of good quality licensed games, especially from the Disney front. So um, it, it'd be nice to, to kind of put that forward in today's episode and go through that.
0: Right. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be very similar like to the uh, game draft uh, format that you may have heard like some other the podcasts. Uh, we, we, we only tweaked it a little bit because there are only two of us. Um, but yeah, it should be like a very, like, you know, fun episode. Disney definitely has a very strong and long-lasting presence, presence like in video games. Um, it's interesting to look at games that they were involved in back then uh, during this time period as opposed to now because for a long time, Disney had a very uh, hands-off approach uh, like the video games. Um, yeah, they had requirements. They, they had certain they had rubber stamping that they wanted to do. Uh, But they really were not really that involved in the making of the games themselves. Uh, They pretty much just simply let the companies have a relatively free hand on making the games. um, And just kind of like, you know, not really involved in it really... Um, Disney really wasn't involved in the process like internally really all that much a little bit but not really not really to not really the that they the are today uh, I think it was around like around the early 2000s uh, like the Kingdom Hearts series that Disney, Disney started to take a more hands-on approach uh, like to their games and, uh, uh, and nowadays Disney has a very strong presence in actually making the games themselves or making sure the games are completely kosher like what they want uh, before it gets released so, um, another thing that really strikes out about these Disney games is, like, almost all property-licensed games during this time period of the 90s, most of the games are platform games. Um, i mentioned this before time' their podcasts, but it seems like the longest time that whenever you had a licensed uh, movie or a book or a cartoon or whatnot, uh, nobody really knew what to do with their, what to do with the property except to make a platform game out of it, um, so 99% of the games out there that, that license a book or a movie or, or a cartoon or what have you are platform games, and a lot of them are pretty crappy. Um, but luckily, um, uh, but luckily for the NES Super NES, uh, you had some very good developers like Capcom who were actually taking a very hands-on approach with making with like making games, and even though they are platformers, they turned out pretty well I mean, I in most cases. Um, and you know, a lot of people were surprised, uh, like I know I was. Playing some of these Disney games, just how good the quality is, and just how well they hold up—they hold up, play even today. Uh, like, like in the whole art style, presentation, presentation, like how fun they are to play. Um, it really wasn't until about ten years ago, I think, uh, where uh, like we started getting away from the idea that it, that any licensed game had to be a platform game. Uh, I think Spider-Man Two, a favorite game of mine, uh, for the Xbox uh, and the GameCube and PS2, was really the first game that got away from the whole. Platform uh, idea, like, like now, most of the games out there that reference a book or a movie or or or, or, or a cartoon are not platform games. So I'm so I'm glad that we got away from that time period uh, because I thought it was very constraining uh, on or constraining on the games that came out back then. But you know, um, but the Disney platformers are pretty much an exception, I think, as far as the overall quality of them went.
1: Yeah, like. It's incredible when I look back and I was playing um, some of the titles to kind of compile my list and, and really dig down deep to find my favourites. Um, it was it, it was a fun experience. Like I forget how good a lot of these games were, even if they were standard platformers. Some of them some of them have really unique elements as well um, that I can see in today's games. Um, so like you said, the developers that worked on them. As we'll get into, some of the game directors are still in the industry today doing major titles, um, developing major titles. So it's just interesting interesting to see where they've come from. Mm.
0: Uh, Yeah, definitely. Uh, So... Like according to Wikipedia, just taking a quick look at the games, uh, there were about there were about a dozen games uh, based off Disney based off Disney properties in some way, shape, or form, uh, movies, cartoons, books, what have you, uh, that came out that came out in North America uh, and the rest of the world, uh, the rest of the world, and about four or five more games for uh, the Super NES that were like Japan only. Um, so, and a lot of those games are quite good. Uh, Alonzo and I have not have not disclose our games to each other beforehand. we don't know which games we have. It's very possible it's very possible that there's very possible that there may be some overlap. Um, I, I purposely uh, I'll say this now because I uh, because originally like I said there's supposed to be a third person doing this with us. Uh, I try to stay away from the most popular games uh, and games at the Disney Library I try to um, and, and try to dig a little bit deeper in just like some of the other uh, lesser-known uh, Disney based games. Uh, but these are still three games I really, really like. that. that I have really everything to show off both the Super NES uh, um, very well and also still hold up even today as like, your fun games to play. Um, so when we get going on this, Alonzo will go first with his number three pick, and then I'll go, uh, and I'll go with number three, and then we'll go on to two, like in the one. Um, but, um, but before we get started on that, uh, just... Um, you can't really talk about Disney games without talking a little bit about Disney themselves. And Disney, Disney's definitely a very uh, controversial company. Uh, there's certainly there's certainly a lot of people who have a lot of affection to it, and there's a lot of, a lot of people who there's a lot of people who don't really care for it very much. Um, I know Laundry and I have talked a little bit off Mike. Uh, he's a big Disney fan, uh, and me not so much. Um, so I just uh so I, so I thought maybe before we get talking about the games, we'll talk a little bit about maybe our own. History and experiences and feelings and feelings about Disney and Disney games, uh, like in general. Um, So, like, Lonzo, if you don't mind uh, telling telling me and the viewers um, some of your some of your uh, history of Disney and why you and why you enjoy the properties, the company so much.
1: Yeah, of course. Like, well, I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate. I mean, growing up, Disney was a major part of, you know, watching TV. (laughs) that tv experience you know waking up saturday morning watching cartoons um and you know i remember the first time i saw fantasia for example and i was amazed this is before pixar this is before those fascinating 3d um animated um environment we're talking like the original mickey mouse put into this you know musical setting um that was just adventurous and i think as a kid there was something pure about that and that's always stayed with me even as I grow up, I still enjoy watching Disney films. Obviously, today, there's a big contrast now where, you know, the likes of Pixar have come around. They've um, been a huge part of now. Classics, I'm not talking about just Pinocchio or Peter Pan. Um, I'm talking about Mickey Mouse as a, as a core mascot for that company. Um, when I see him, it just, yeah, it just brings back so many memories of me just watching the original cartoons. And then going forward into what they did with, um, the 90s with Aladdin and Lion King, those two, they're my two favorite movies from Disney. I just feel like even as an adult, you can still enjoy them. The music's fantastic, um, the dialogue is fantastic, and they're not so much kid movies as such that they could be enjoyed by everybody. I think that's what Disney captures the most, especially at that time, is that all generations, all generations can in- enjoy um, these movies, and I think that's important. As well, if, especially if you're, um, you've got kids, and you can sit down and really, um, in bond with them while watching something from your past. You know, I've I've got nieces and and cousins who are younger than me, and um, we've watched uh, the original Peter Pan together. You know, and that's a movie that came out I think in the fifties. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you know we 're talking that they they enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it, and that's a, that's a beautiful thing right there, you know because there's a lot of years difference between us, and that 's something that came out so long ago, but the pure essence of it is timeless um and that 's what Disney created Walt Disney is one of my idols. you know what he created from the ground up is a beautiful thing, and um I really hope to see Disney continue to grow I mean now there's just such a large empire um and they 've got a lot of properties, including Marvel Universe the Star Wars Universe um and i've got so much faith in them taking those architectures and and even um pushing it further so yeah disney means a lot to me and um it'll always be a big part of my life going forward as well a very good like
0: response there um like for me for like me my history and my experiences are a little bit different um maybe it's because of the age difference maybe it's because of a cultural difference but um i was not exposed very much to disney like disney as a kid uh, I tended to gravitate toward the Warner Brothers cartoons, uh, like Saturday morning television. Uh, like, for example, like the Hanna Barbera. Um, I never really spent very much time like watching Disney cartoons, and Disney cartoons I don't think really got really got great until like the '90s. Um, so it like so again, there's an age difference there. But um, um, yeah, but you know, Disney, I like Disney, uh, I like Disney plenty, of, plenty enough. I just don't have any real sentimental attachments to. to like the movies or the games or anything, or anything else like that. Um, I, th- I think Disney does some good work as a company. Uh, I've been to their theme park several times. It's like I always had, the, like I always had like a lot of fun. Um, I'm very happy that Disney's. I'm very happy that Disney's taking a very hands-off approach with running with running two of my favorite companies, uh, Marvel and. Uh, Marvel, like Lucas Arts, uh, and, um, and and really helping to encourage to to, to encourage them uh, to grow and get uh, and, and help to and, and help to come out with the very successful uh, Marvel movies and the upcoming Star Wars films that, that I really enjoy so much. Um, but I love Pixar. Pixar movies I think are great. Uh, I, I Pixar movies I, I think are really the kind of movies where an adult can watch and get one thing, and a kid could watch it and it looked like something else different. Um, I just don't have any real attachment to attachment of Disney. Um, I kind of have a problem with some of their policies personally, and I kind of think some of the messages uh, that they present in their media, particularly some of their older movies, um, is not always the best message. is not always the best message 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 to be sending uh, to to 21st century kids. Um, so it's kind of a combination of a, a kind of a, a kind of a personal and a philosophical um, uh, difference, like difference with me. Um, I don't hate Disney. I just kind of think, um, like you know, I just kind of have like a kind of like a meh attitude toward them, as far as like their as far as most of their stuff, like properties go. Um, however, I do think I do think that Disney has a gorgeous animation style. Uh, both in the old days, like the stuff they're doing now, they definitely, they definitely are the ones that mastered the whole hand-drawn animated uh, feature movie that we think of like nowadays. Um, so there's definitely a lot of credit to credit to be given out to their people and properties. And I think because those properties are so rich, that it helps really the companies that are making games to be able to turn those properties into like good games, because you got a good property and it's easy to make a good game out of it.
1: Definitely. You got some good points there, and um I also think with you know just to bring back your point regarding you know your background- with, uh with Warner brothers you know that's that's also part of my childhood, and I get that I just think you know you said it you said it the art style of Disney is what appeals to me the most. I'm a huge um fan of of the magic that they put in their art style, and just it's just something about it um, and that's also you know elevated with the with their music I think you know Warner Brothers and Disney had such unique um, unique, unique musical presences within their uh their art, so um, that was a big up- appeal for me as well,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so so uh, okay, so with all the background and prep material that got out of the way with uh, let's get on to the games. Uh, what do you have for us for number three, sir?
1: Okay, so Resident Evil is a very big uh part, of, uh. Of my gaming um, repertoire, it's a, it's a series that I love. Um, and the, the man behind Resident Evil, his name is Shinji Mikami. Now, at Capcom, when he first started, he directed a game, uh, which is my third pick for Capcom called Goof Troop, Now, have you heard of Goof Troop as a series, um, Greg, or familiar with the game by any chance? Uh, yes, I am
0: because I yes, I am because I actually picked this game also. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so if, for the listeners if they haven't heard of Goof Troop um, you know it's an, it was an animated actually television series from Disney Goofy obviously a mainstay an iconic character for Disney um, and it was you know he was a father to you know he had a son from Max um, and Pete he's uh, his neighbour um, and you know they actually had a fun movie as well a Goofy movie I recommend it it's a very good Disney film great music great story but the game itself is my third pick uh, it's just simply called Goop Troop and like I said directed by Shinji Mikami Um, and for me what appeals to me I don't think it's the greatest game um, Disney game but for me it means a lot because of my um, childhood memories of the TV series as well but it's like a Zelda over the top style so it's not not a platformer and it has you know puzzle elements and I love that in games Mm -hmm. I love having to be able to even if they're they're quite they're not the most challenging um, puzzles but they um they're enough to kind of you uh, they're enough for you to get to enjoy that that playthrough. And um it's a two-player game it's a co-op game, and that's what I like about it. It's not a single player experience. You can play it alone, but it's so much more fun when you've got to play um, two players. Did you get a chance to play these um, back in the day or this um, Greg, or is this something you, you've played recently um, by yourself? I did not play
0: any of these Disney games uh back in the day because like I said, you know, I don't really have an attachment to Disney. Um so I probably uh, I mean, I remember seeing, okay. I remember seeing uh, Aladdin and Lion King being played at a friend's house, and thought it looked okay. But, yeah. um, but, but while I like platform games, they're not my favorite style of game. Um, mm. But you know, but I'm gonna play a platform game. I'm usually gonna play like a Mario or a Sonic. Um, so yeah. like, like all these like, there's all these games like new to me. And yeah. you, and mm. you made a great argument for this game. I like everything else. I gonna say. You always said for me, so kudos to you for that. Um,
1: <laughs> no, that's okay. Like I, I personally um, played this. I remember hiring this out from the video store, yeah. and um, and it was a. I had my friend who lived across the road for me. This is something we just get into, and it's it's really it's simple easy. game to right. understand. Um, well, and, I remember the yeah, cartoon.
0: So yeah. uh, um, I remember the cartoon when it was out. I never watched it because I was like, since I was at that point, I was a bit too old, yeah. uh, like for it. Um, but I like okay. it it's funny. Uh, Goofy's a pretty interesting yeah. character, and uh, I actually had this game ranked a little bit higher. Like I had this, I had this game at number two on my list. Um, okay. So because, um, because I really loved the mix of the action adventure, uh, a game like the puzzle much to it. I loved, I loved the fact that you could play both as the one player and two player. Uh, I love the yeah. fact, I love the fact that it was, um, I love the fact, I love the fact that it was another Capcom game. Because Capcom made some excellent Disney games like the NDS, um, and it was so nice to see that relationship continued on the Super NES like some games. Uh, because like Ducktales is a, one of my favorite like NES games of all time, um, and you know like uh, and, and and you know Capcom Disney Capcom Disney games both the NDS and Super NES were really very really really very well done. Uh, this is this this certain time period when Capcom was at their I think was at their like height as far as like their game. So the game, so the game yeah. creation and design. So um, this is really, this is, this is really a fun game. I mean, if, um, uh, this is a great game to play either by yourself. Uh, this is a great game, to, to, the great game to play there by yourself or like a kid. Um, it's a very good mix of action, adventure, uh, and puzzle, uh, all blended together. Uh, not too challenging, not too easy. Uh, good music. Uh, uh, the music, the music, the music, the music fits the, the music fits the tone of the game very well. The graphics are detailed and cute. They look like they, they look like the characters. Uh, they have that Disney yeah. cartoon feel to them. I was very surprised playing the game; just how fun it was.
1: Uh, yeah. uh, um, definitely gets high marks for me. It's uh, like you said, the sprites, the the gra- their graphic style. Now Capcom just had something unique about that as well. They captured what Disney was about in terms of cartoon, um, the cartoon element. But um, some variety in the levels too, which I liked. There's a lot of variety Um, because you're you're making your way pretty much. um, The story is that your next door, uh, Goofy's next-door neighbor, Pete, and his son, PJ, they're held captive on a pirate ship. So you're pretty much on this island and you're working towards um, certain aspects of this island through to that last stage, which is the pirate ship. So you start on the beach. I think you start on the beach, you go into a village. I think there's a haunted castle. um, There's this cave-like, you know, it's like an underground cabin. And then uh, again, like I say, you get to a pirate ship, so it's a lot of variety, I think, as well. Um, And with the two-player aspect, just to specify on that a little bit, you know, if you chose Max, um, uh, I think, I think actually, yeah, as you choose Max, he was faster, um, but he doesn't deal as much damage. Where Goofy moves slower but does more damage to enemies, Um, and you know, it's something that you don't generally just attack. Um others who use items to um, eliminate enemies on the screen. um so there's a lot of variety in that aspect as well, which is um I found a lot of fun too just working out what did what what was more effective. yeah um but yeah yep yeah.
0: yeah, definitely absolutely. and you know I was surprised to find out like who actually created this game like you know like it's really kind of interesting to see like to see that the Resident Evil uh, creator like behind this uh, because I'm a pretty big fan of the Resident Evil series also and it's like, oh okay, uh, this is how it yeah. gotta start so <laughs>
1: Um, well, you know, game design, you can tell, like you said, Capcom had its there, but look at the people behind their games. Mm-hmm. This is, a, this is a, a, a genius in level design, especially when you look at item use and um, the, the way, way the, the progression of, the, say, the original is a evil You know, this is such a different game to that, but I can see a lot of Shinji Mikami in this game um, where it's puzzles that advance you to the next stage. Um, so definitely- yeah, it's definitely something to look at.
0: There are definitely Resident Evil esque uh, aspects of gameplay and gameplay ideas yeah. like in this game, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. anybody like who's mm-hmm. played a Resident Evil game will like pick up on that like right away. Um. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very very good pick. Uh. Um. So. Uh, um. So yeah, That's the fine. fact that both of us to the fact both of us picked it kind of speaks highly to how well we thought of it. Um. So, yes. Yes. So uh, what about your third game? My third game was another. My third game has a lot in common like this last game, as a matter of fact. Uh, it's another game like it's another game I never heard of, and I find I might have like, checked it out. Um, it's like um, it's another game based like, another game based off a based off a Disney cartoon like in the 90s, and it's another game that was another game that was developed and published by Capcom. Um, and this game is called Bonkers. Um, hmm. Bonkers was a short-lived uh, cartoon in the mid '90s, uh, like in which the uh, like in which the main character was named Bonkers, uh, who was a bobcat. Um, and, and and apparently, from doing some research on it, the gist of the cartoon was like he has his partners and goes around, the, he goes around the city, like solving crime and trying to trying to find items and that kind of stuff. Kind of like your kind of like your lighthearted uh, detective detective slash comedy uh, uh, cartoon. Um, but um the premise of this game is that the bomb is on his first case alone, and he has to retrieve three stone treasures uh, from Highwood that were stolen last night like, by an unknown thief. And these treasures, these treasures, these treasures all have Disney connections. Uh they are the, they are the sorcerer's hat uh, from Fantasia, uh the mermaid's voice, who are definitely the little mermaid, and the magic lamp from Aladdin. Um and you have your and uh, and and this is your pretty standard platform game, but what I really liked about that is that you know the Capcom, again, Capcom just knew how to make Capcom just knew how to make Disney games of its time period. The whole gameplay feels like the whole gameplay feels very balanced, very fun. Uh, the graphics are bright, they're cartoony, they're what you expect from Disney, uh, like Disney, like Disney production. Their controls are tight, which is very important for a platform game. Uh, because nothing ruins a platform game uh, better than sloppy controls. Um, the difficulty level ramps up ramps up very well, uh, starting starting off easy, starting off easy, and getting along uh, very difficult at the end. Um, it's it's uh, it's like an adult probably would not find the game too much of a challenge, but for uh, but for a kid or a young teenager, I think this game is just the right difficulty level like for them. Uh, the music is so the music's uh, the music is very pe- peppy and, uh, um, and seems to match the overall theme of the cartoon. Uh, again, just like the last game we talked about, uh, Capcom showed once again that they that they were the king of platform games of this time period. Uh, 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 if you're looking for like a, an easier um, platform game uh, or like a like a game to have a kid play, uh, this is definitely this is definitely a fun game to check out. I uh, was very pleasantly surprised at playing it like how good like how well made it
1: was yeah i never played it uh, i never played it i don't even remember seeing um this title at my video store because um i didn't mention this earlier but a lot of these disney were generally quite short so that they weren't purchases for me there was something that i'd always see at the video shop and i'd I'd pick it up and borrow it for the weekend to play i yeah i wasn't even aware of this yeah, i, I know, know the, the series, series but i just wasn't aware there was a game so great insight that's really cool yeah, I'll uh, check
0: it out. Yep, uh, Groove Troop came out in '93 and Bogus came out in '94. Uh, so, you, yeah. uh, like these games, like these games were just like middle level Super NES games on like the systems we're hitting stride. Yeah. Fighting shows. Uh, both yeah. these games really have a lot of like polish, uh, polish and flair to them. So,
1: yeah, great.
0: So, what was your number two pick?
1: Okay, my number two pick. Um, again, talking about Shinji Makami his next Capcom game i think actually came oh yeah it came afterwards it's aladdin um and i know you mentioned it earlier this is quite a popular mm-hmm. super nintendo title um, oh yeah <laughs> so i'm sorry if i'm um, so yeah and I, and I don't want to come across controversial but i do think this game is overrated it's oh. my number two it, it is my number two big for a lot of reasons because aladdin's one of my favorite disney movies and it's a it is a good game um and I think it captures more of the Aladdin and what the movie was than what the Genesis title does because people say that the Genesis title is better for a lot of reasons and, and I agree to an extent. Um, I'll get into that in a second. But in terms of Aladdin on the Super Nintendo, it was released in 1993, um, directed by Shinji Mikami, like I said, and it is a platformer. But it's unique in many ways because if I compare it to the Genesis version, it had a different, completely different art style. Um, and Aladdin had a sword in the Genesis version where in this one, he's way more realistic in terms of to the, to the comparison to the movie. He's more acrobatic. Um, he doesn't use a sword, because in the movie, he only uses a sword in one scene and, and that's why I felt like in this, in this game, they captured it more honestly. He's a lot more dexterous. So I just feel like the platforming element is, is way more, it's, it's truer to the movie than the Genesis version, which is my point. Um, it had it had a, it had a story progression obviously from the film these basic cutscenes that was quite boring but the the, the gameplay is fun um, it has Prince Perjure-esque platforming where you can hold off ledges I really liked that about it um, and the humour was there from the movie um, so again this was a, a big part of my Super Nintendo history because I borrowed this so many times because I was such a big fan of the movie itself unfortunately though I have to admit the the music is disappointing because obviously the soundtrack for the film is beautiful. It's one of my favorite Disney soundtracks, probably the favorite Disney soundtrack that I have. Um, and I just feel like, I don't know what happened with the licensing issue, but the music in, the, in that Super NES version of the game is just a, a mimic of what the film was. They weren't, it, it wasn't exactly the same songs. It just sounded like it. And I just feel like it lets down the film, the game a little bit where the Genesis version was a complete package on that level. It had all the songs um, it had that really nice graphic style from the film. It's like a cel-shaded style. Um, and I believe that if they actually had the Disney, um, the Disney uh, artist draw the sprites um, for the game itself. So I have it as my, as my top two, Greg. Um, but I do believe it's not as good as some people say, but it is a fun platformer. Um, it's funny. It's, um, it stays true to Aladdin as a as a, as a character. And I think that's important when looking at a game because a, a lot of licensed games generally just change and they alter the story, they alter what happens in the game. And I just feel like there's, there's no tie-in exactly except for the aesthetic. Um, and I think Aladdin overall is a, quite a beautiful, um, beautiful game and it has a lot of variety in the stages. Um, and like I said, I love the unique things it does, uh, such as um, having Aladdin being able to glide with a, with a sheet and, and that just creates those cool dynamics when you're platforming because you can um, spread across the levels, even especially when a lot of the levels have verticality. So there's a lot of free roam when you're, when you're playing this game, in, in a way. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a big fan. But it, like I said, it's, um, when I compare it to the Genesis, and you don't say this often, I feel like the Genesis version overall is a better game.
0: Well, there are some Genesis games that are better than the Super NES counterparts for sure. I mean, like Mortal Kombat is a shining example of that.
1: Um, oh, yeah, but that's a cop out, Greg. That's a cop out because of the blood. That's all that is. I, what I about Shaq food? I, I've
0: played
1: both. I'm not gonna create a like, big conversation about this, but I, I will stand to that day that I just feel like a majority of the games I bet on Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, but in saying that, I haven't played them all, yeah. but yeah, with Aladdin, I would put that into the column where it's, it's unfortunate because I'm a Nintendo fanboy, but um, I feel. That yeah, the Genesis was better.
0: Uh, I did not play this game back in the day, but I did uh I did play it and beat it uh, about three, or four years ago, uh for, like on the advice of a friend. Uh because again, this game has a very strong reputation. And I actually and I actually felt pretty much the same way that you did uh for, like, playing the game. I thought it was good, but not great. Um, I, um uh, I really enjoyed the overall, the overall look and feel presentation of the game, like and how fun it was. But I felt there were better Disney platform games, uh, like on the console. Um, and uh, actually, I heard this. I heard this like on a podcast uh, a while back. There are actually three different versions of this game uh, yes. that are made and ported to various consoles and computers uh, uh, back then. Mm-hmm. The Super NES is one version, the Genesis version, is the second version, and there's a third version floating around out there too. So, um, because different companies, sure. because different companies had got the rights to got the rights to the movie in different countries, like with different platforms. So,
1: yeah, um, I think Virgin Interactive did uh, the Genesis version um, and they were able to get, yeah, a lot more resources um, to the to the game itself compared to what Capcom got with this game. But it is a Shinjima coming game. And I think that's relevant as well, Um, especially because he went for more um, a unique uh, look into what Aladdin was to just creating this action play style that the Genesis version was.
0: Right. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a good pick. Uh, maybe a little bit controversial it, for some of our topics. Uh, uh, yeah. We're talking about the game, but hey, but, you know, it's good for the podcast. So,
1: <laughs> so, so you've, you've obviously you've said your second um, was the same as Goof Troop. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your first? My top, first, your, your
0: top one. Uh, my top pick, the game that really surprised me um, the most out of the Disney games that I played. Because again, because again, because again, I really liked a lot of the Disney games I played. There was not really, there was not a bad Disney game I played. I checked out, I, I checked out all the Disney games that had been released that, that released the Super NES in North America back then, um, and and overall speaking, I liked all of them. There were some I thought. There's some I thought that were more lukewarm than others, but um, but the, uh, but I was but I was surprised surprised by how good a lot of the games were, and this game, my number one pick, really surprised me, at how great it was to me because because again, I never had played it, um, and 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 in hindsight, I mean, in hindsight, I'm kind of wondering why I never did play it because played it because it's based off a movie that I very enjoy, um, so. Um, uh, and this is a game that was not made by Capcom, like for a change. Um, uh, my number one pick, the, the, Disney game, the Disney game that surprised me the most in Super NES, I'm, I had the most fun with, was Toy Story. Sure. Uh uh this is uh this is based off the based off the very popular pop popular Pixar movie, like my favorite Pixar movies like of all time actually. Um it was developed by a small company called Travers Tales. Uh uh like uh, released in 1995 know, ninety five. Uh it's interesting. The, the, pub, the, the publisher of this game depends upon depends upon where in the world you were because <laughs> um, because unlike Capcom uh, which had worldwide distribution rights, um, Capcom only had the rights to publish this game in only had the rights to publish this game in Japan. Uh, in North America, it was published by in North America it was published by, published by Disney Interactive, and in Europe and Australia, it was actually published by sorry, it was actually published by the Big N. On Nintendo, hmm. so uh, very interesting about that. So anyway, um, this game also, uh, this game also, uh, to so this game also, it, it's like on Genesis, uh, Genesis, the PC, and the Game Boy. I checked out, I checked out the other versions, the other version real quick. Uh, the, the Genesis version is okay. It, it doesn't look or sound quite as good as the Super NES version. Uh, the Game Boy version is impressive considering the hardware that's on, um, but, it, uh, but but. Uh, but that version of the game is also, like, also quite a bit shorter. Um, this is your basic platform game of 17 stages. Um, it follows the events of the movie pretty closely. Uh, actually, actually, it follows the movie very, very closely. Uh, this, is probably, this is probably one of the most closest tied uh, games based on a movie I, I've ever played, as a matter of fact. Uh, it, it, if you don't want from the movie, like a very, very small bit. And basically, each game, each stage has a, each stage has a name and a theme, and it shows you cut. Um, I'm sorry, it shows you text screen before this before the stage, with what's going on, what objective is, that kind of stuff. Uh, and and usually, and you play as Woody, uh, uh, the main character, the, the main character like the movie, uh, like throughout the game. And depending upon the stage, you're doing different things. So some stages you have to like you know uh, collect certain objects. Some stages to, uh, some just like some stages, you have to try to herd all the toys uh, back into hiding. Uh, some uh, some, uh, some stages, you have to like go go around, you have to go around and survive and survive for x number uh, x number of minutes. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting variety and in design of the stages uh, that keep the game fresh and keep the game fresh and interesting um, as you go through it. One of the things that really struck me playing in the game is the graphics. The graphics of this game are gorgeous uh there's mm. the, this, this, uh these, these are some of the best Super NES graphics I've ever seen, and it's like you know I cannot believe i I cannot believe I never saw this game until like about a month ago it just it just shocks me <laughs> that nobody the, it just shocks me because the graphics are so beautifully well done they look like they they literally look like they're taken straight i taken straight from the movie that's how good they are yeah. uh it, yeah. it, it it really shows off the graphical part the graphical power of super NES to a full extent. Uh, uh, all the characters and sprites are large uh, there's a good there's a good depth of presentation here and once you feel like you're actually toy size uh, moving around a room like that kind of stuff so um, the music is lighthearted and funny and kind of uh, f- f- like fits the overall theme of the movie like very very well there's a uh, there's a the, um, the difficulty ramps up very. The ramp. The difficulty ramps up. Ramps up like very nicely. As a matter of fact, one of the as a matter of fact, one really only complaints I have about this game. Is, is this game's kind. Of, is this game's kind of, probably too difficult like for kids, uh, because it starts off pretty easy, but by the later stages, it's definitely very very challenging. Uh, definitely something I think of. Uh, definitely something I think only like an adult uh, like can handle. Um, and there's also. Um, and there's also there's also there's there's, a, there's also a stage later on in the game that takes place inside the claw machine of um, uh, like in the movie, which you're moving around in a first-person maze, very similar to Wolfenstein 3D, uh, like the Super NES. Like if you remember flavor of seeing that game, like how it looks. Yes. Uh, you're yes. just, just Like moving around in that stage. In that stage, you're moving around um, on this maze with like a Mode Seven effects, uh, trying to locate the very sweetie toys. Uh, to turn the play area, really, really impressive, uh, and not something that not something that you expect to expect to find like in this game. Um, so yeah, just just everything all together, the gorgeous graphics, uh, the the challenging the challenging yeah. gameplay, the varied in different stages, uh, the fact mm. that it follows the the fact it follows the movie so well, and this is movie a movie that I really enjoyed. Um, I feel bad I never played this game until recently because. Because if I had this back in the day, I think I really would have loved it. Um, it really, it really is a very, very well-designed game. Um, mm. And the uh, and the side note, the finally we seen, seen uh, Toy Story Two. Uh, there's actually Super NES, like in that, like in that movie, uh, front and center. Um, uh, hmm. yeah, uh, the movie the, uh, the the movie starts off with, the, with like the toys playing playing a Buzz Lightyear game on the Super NES and being frustrated the that th- 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 difficult that it is so uh, the very very nice to a reference there to Super NES uh,
1: uh, like in the big screen so yeah, like you said it, right? That game, I remember it. I actually got this from the video store um, as well. And um, the presentation is incredible. And I recently played it just to trial out because I thought maybe this could possibly be on my list because I had such fun memories of it. Um, it captures the movie brilliantly. And I think that's credit to the to the um, publishers and, the, sorry, the developers. But I, I just found it, playing it today, it doesn't control very well. It's actually quite frustrating. And I don't know, maybe it was my wrong.
0: The controls do take a while to get used to. That is one of the few knocks of the uh, game that I
1: make. Yeah, I didn't play for long. I, play, I, I played for about half an hour recently, so I don't think maybe my my judgment is fair. But I just felt like yeah, it, it was just a little bit heavy, I guess. But um, but apart from that, yeah, before, um, it, it this this game really enhances what you get to see in the movie into the, into a video game format where you really feel like it's a really accurate extension um and if you definitely haven't played this if you're and you're a fan of toy story you should check this out this is it is a fun game um definitely even though there is difficulty spikes spikes but hey it's a, it's a super NES game right this is this is <laughs> we used to challenge this is not not new um but yeah it kind of sees it kind of seems that they were focusing more on a, on a, on a, um, a younger know. audience but the game difficulty yeah it's a, it's a little bit off balance for sure yeah
0: definitely yeah definitely the difficulty spike that really surprised me because compared to the other two mm. games that I picked, uh, where those mm. games felt just right for kids. Uh, this game, this yeah. game, this game, this game, about halfway through, I'm like, I'm going like, man, this is hard. I mean, like, you know, I can't see a kid like doing this, but uh, yeah, it like it reminded me a lot about Mickey, uh, like reminded me a lot about uh, Capcom's uh, Capcom's Capcom's uh, Mickey Mouse capades for, for like, the NES. Uh, that game starts off very, very easy, but by stage three or four, it's very, very difficult. so I can't see a kid playing it. Uh, this uh, this game the same way, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, def- yeah, definitely, we're, yeah, definitely, definitely check out this game at the very least. At the very least, look at the, the very least, like um, the very least, like look at some screenshots. Uh, the graphics, mm-hmm. the graphics are just, are, the graphics are just, like, just gorgeous. Uh, they're some of the best Super NES graphics I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, it makes sense it came out a little bit afterwards and then they knew the system and they probably, uh, they probably use the enhanced chip as well. Um, not to get too technical, but yeah, it's a beautiful game and it's a good pick. Great.
0: So I have a guess as what well, Your number one pick is, but let's see what it is.
1: No, no, no I want you to guess. Okay. Is well, it, are you going to say, line, are you going to say the Lion King? Yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> Cause it's not it. <laughs> now I'll get to the Lion King in a second. Cause unfortunately, um, that's not on my list and it's an honorable mention, but we'll get to that in a second. But, um, It's not, and I want to ask you, Greg, have you heard of David Jaffe as a game developer?
0: Uh, You know who David
1: Jaffe is? He's the man behind the God of War series. Oh, Um, okay, yes. Yeah, one of my favorite developers, because I'm a big fan of that action play style. Talking about another contrast, obviously Shinji Mikami with Resident Evil. We're talking David Jaffe with Mickey Mania. My number one game is Mickey Mania. Released in 1994, it was also developed uh, by Traveller's Stars, like, like, um, like Toy Story. It was published by Sony ImageSoft, but I'm not sure if that was a global release. I'm a big, big fan of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm a little kid, I love Mickey Mouse, and this game captures what Mickey Mouse is. It's the origins of the, his cartoon story. Um, it is a platformer, side-scrolling so levels, quite simplistic um, when it comes to that, but the variety of stages is beautiful. So pretty much the levels that are capturing Mickey Mouse's cartoons from I think 1928 to 1990. Yes, yeah, do my notes. 1928 to 1990. Um, so again, you go from this really cool uh, debut uh, debut episode of Mickey Mouse, which is black and white. Um, you know, the 1928 style score. It's beautiful. The art style. It's beautiful. Um, and you get to see Steamboat, Steamboat Willie in that film in that um, level as well. And then you got like a um, a more recent episode, which is The Prince and Pauper, um, which is, again, a completely opposite type of level. So if you like for in a platformer, this game has it all. Um, but yeah, it's quite basic. This is more of a nostalgic pick, but I remember playing this for hours. Um, never owned it, but it was something I hired multiple times. Um, and I just find that the, the, level, the, the level difficulty wasn't high. It was just a really fun experience to go from start to end. And again, you talk about art style and Toy Story, the art style in this game is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It really captures what the cartoon was. And and like Aladdin for the Genesis, um, they had the Disney artist provide sprites to this game. That's why it looks so distinct. That's why it looks so accurate compared to the cartoons. And I just feel like if uh, I was going to show anybody um, a really beautiful game for the Super Nintendo, this would be on probably my top three list of best-looking games. Who, who love the Disney cartoons and, and love Mickey Mouse. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely my number one. Um, no, I, I promise you I've done this due diligence, but you definitely got to check it out. Um, and I hope if people haven't played it yet, they go out and at least give this a shot because it is a fun, beautiful game. It's got, um, it's it's got a complete package when it comes to level design. It's got beautiful music and captures, captures what, what Disney, Disney was. was, especially the roots of Disney because Mickey Mouse is where it all started and it's just beautiful.
0: Absolutely, like I definitely, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, this game, this game, made an honorable mention, uh, like for me, uh, because uh, like I agree with what you said. Uh, 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 the uh, uh, the game plays interesting. The graphics are gorgeous. Uh, I didn't rank this higher mostly because of the fact that like you said, you know, there's definitely some nostalgia going on. Going on like this pick for you, like I don't have an issue with the game, and I'm not as big of a Mickey Mouse fan as uh, like you are. Um, mm-hmm. I did really enjoy playing like cast of Illusions though, uh, so I'm not really like you know opposed to Mickey Game like per se. Uh, I think I would have really, uh, I think I really would have ranked this game uh, very, very highly if I played it back then. Um, but the game does look gorgeous, and it's a very good Mickey Mouse game. I really like the fact how they use like the old. Like the old and the more modern cartoons uh, as the basis, like of the game, it's very, very different. Um So, yeah. like you know, very like some very good uh, it's like some very good like inspiration there. So, um, yeah, if you're a fan of Mickey Mouse and you want to see, you want to see another gorgeous looking Super NES game, uh, this one's definitely hmm. like this one's definitely worth like checking out.
1: I just feel, you know. We're always going to be nostalgic about things. Even just talking about Super Nintendo, we're nostalgic. You know, it's very hard to convince someone who's in their teens to go look at a Super Nintendo and go, oh, this is very cool. This is, you know, groundbreaking. I think when we're speaking about games in general, there's always a nostalgic touch. But when I went back and played a lot of these Disney titles, um, Mickey Mouse still still um, still stood out for me um, on a technical level because the controls feel great. It's quite simplistic. I'm not saying it's the most unique platform, obviously, um, you see Customs of Illusions. There's a lot more unique elements in those games. This one is quite simple to get grasp of, and it is probably targeted for a more younger audience, to be honest with you. But it captures what Disney is about, and that sometimes it's the experience. It's not the difficulty. It's the experience that you go from, from the first level to the end, just a nice, um, uh, rounded-up, fun um, experience to play. And I just think that's important sometimes as well, especially when I said talking about nostalgia. It really captures Disney as a whole. So if you are a fan of, of what Disney is about, you look at Mickey Mouse, and you can play this and see where he came from, um, and and I think have a great time. till to this day, I just feel like it has a timeless feel. Um, definitely,
0: absolutely, sure. Um, so, so that's like, that takes care of like our main three picks. Um, let's go on to some honorable mentions. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, some of mine, some of mine I uh, some of mine like have already been said. Uh, I just have like two games left like on my mentioned list. Uh, one is of course, uh, one is of course the aforementioned like Lion King. Um, I think like Aladdin. Yes. Like, like like, you feel Aladdin's a little bit overrated? I feel Lion King's a little bit overrated. I still think it's a good game. I, I just just don't think it's great. Um, but you know, again, uh, there's there's a lot to like about that game. Like uh, follows the movie very well. Um, uh, the gameplay is fun. The graphics are very good. Um, I, um, I, mean, I just think there's better platform like Disney, like Disney themed platform games, like available on the console. Um, my other honorable mention would have been uh, Jungle Book. Um, uh, like again, like it follows the it follows the movie very well, and the and the sprites are and, there's, and the sprites are the best thing about the game. They're very large, detailed. The whole the whole game captures the look and feel the of the, uh, the, uh, the movie and the cartoon very, very well. Uh, the main knock I had about that game, like as the controls. Uh, and it also has mm. also some very insane platform jumps and moves that are
1: required in that game that knocked down a few pegs for me. Um, mm. So well, I would say Lion King is my number one and you know, um I was contemplating it swapping it out and putting that instead of Aladdin, to be honest with you. But there's a reason why the Lion King is not on my list. But only one reason why I don't think it's a it's a top three for me, is the cheap deaths. Now, I, I was I was rage quitting that game so many times as a kid because of the platforming <laughs> in that game. It reminds me a lot of the original Battletoads on the Nest when you when you're um when you're in that that, that vehicle level, oh yeah, um, and something just for, gee, I just I've said it many times on other podcasts, but I hate games with cheap deaths. If it's not skill based, it's not fair. And that game for me sometimes just felt like they just wanted me to die. I'm talking about the level where you're jumping on giraffes and um the it's behind the music of uh, you know can't wait to be king um and I can't, for that reason, I floor it so much. Like, it's just, that that game can't be on the list. But overall, it's It's like, again, it captures what Lion King was. The beautiful art style, the the sprites are fantastic. The music in the game is authentic. Um, Yeah, but that's the gripe I have with this. That's why it doesn't make my list. Um, But yeah, uh, my sec would be, like you said, Jungle Book, but not just Jungle Book. There was others, Pinocchio. Some of these movie tie-ins just got lazy, in my opinion. When Virgin Interactive, I think... Got uh, grabbed up the license across all platforms. I just feel like they played it safe after the Lion King, in terms of their releases, when it comes to these movie tie-in games. Um, if you can't collect the fonts as well, in a, a lot, lot of ways, ways, where it's just like, let's just put these doubles together, All these storage, collect. And that's like the Genesis Aladdin version, that was what they published, and, you know, doing a lot of collecting. And it took away from what I feel like was the unique element of what Capcom was doing with their Disney games, which was focusing more on puzzles, adventure, um, and boss design. So, yeah, uh, that's honorable mentions, but I, f- I feel like that's not something that I would put in my top three, um, especially the Jungle Book and Pinocchio, for example.
0: I definitely had the same reaction reaction to you uh, like the Virgin but, games. Uh, there's a reason.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, there's a reason why there's not very many Virgin uh, developed or published games that I really like uh, that much. Uh, I just think the I, I just just think a lot of their games were not really that great for one reason or another, and you hit the nail on the head as far as like some of the things I think they're lacking are lacking in some of the Super NES games. Um, I don't remember if this is a version published like a version published game or not, but probably as a bonus, uh, the the Disney uh, the Disney based Super NES game that I least liked. uh playing, playing through all these games of uh, like uh, definitely the Hook Um uh, because. Uh, the movie wasn't that good. Yeah. Uh, the game, the game, the, the game looks okay. And it just has a, it has so many flaws to it. Uh, bad controls, sloppy design, uh, cheap deaths, uh, hard platforming tricks. Like uh, okay, uh, but but definitely the weakest, definitely the weakest. Of the Disney uh, based games uh, like the Super NES.
1: Yeah, I think it was Sony Image Soft. I think they published it. I'm not sure who developed that game, but. Yeah, it's me. Uh, going back to the what we what, what in, um, in terms of Virgin Interactive, and you know they had a winner with um, Aladdin on the Genesis that sold very well for that console. That was actually a bundled version. Oh, Aladdin, okay. Obviously, you know, I'm at, yeah. Um, and they were behind Lion King. I think they got lazy because they 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 noticed that the success of those two maybe looked at other opportunities to crunch out some more movie tie-ins. Because I remember when the Jungle Book came out, that was tied to a VHS release. Uh, As you know, Disney has this vault system where they only release movies at a certain time and they're not available. And it it happened even back in the 90s when they re-released Jungle Book and they'd have a game for it. They re-released Beauty and the Beast, they'd have a game for it. And I think Virgin just looked at the opportunities and just cranked out these titles without as much detail as they put into what Aladdin and Lion King were. And uh, when you compare the the quality of those two in terms of, uh, I'm talking about the Genesis version of Aladdin and the Lion King version across the board, you know. They've got a lot more detailing when it comes to level design and longevity. When you look at the Jungle Book and some others, I just find that, yeah, they're, they're quite rushed. And, and they do capture what the Jungle Book was about. Like, for example, they still capture what the movies were about, about, but in terms of playing the game itself, they just weren't as fun. Um, and I think they are just either lazy or they were tied to a deadline where they just needed to get these games out as soon as possible because they knew they were going to sell because that the Disney license was just an instant seller at the time, especially uh, um, in the 90s when license games were quite good. Um, and, and doing well on the on the market.
0: Uh, I think
1: both of the us theory it anyway.
0: right. Yeah. Mm. yep, you know, I think both of us can agree that the Capcom that the Capcom developed games uh, for the system played definitely the best ones. Uh, so, yeah, this was a fun episode. Uh, we definitely, uh, like, we definitely may go back to this, f- f- format again at some point in the future. Uh, maybe we um, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe, if, maybe if Alonjo and I have some more games that we want to talk about that maybe would not be strong enough by themselves, like, for a whole episode, uh, mm-hmm. but them together, like, by theme like this, um, you know, yeah, we may go back to this format again at, like, at some point. Uh, so it was a lot of fun, so, uh, yeah. thank you. Uh, thank you for coming up with the idea in the first place.
1: Uh. no, it's, it's, it's we, 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 you know what, it's, it's all about, you know, evolving and, and also listening to the listeners, you know, you guys, we have a community on Facebook, please join in if you haven't yet. You know, we want to hear your <laughs> feedback you know, if you like this format, let us know you got any suggestions for future episodes or, or formats in general please just yeah write a comment on the page um and please if you can if you're enjoying this experience get it out there you know this podcast is growing and we're evolving it uh, every episode and we want to get it out there as, as much as possible because we're again we're sharing the love for such a beautiful console with some excellent games um and we need your help
0: yeah yes definitely absolutely uh and um, and if you're not active on Facebook, you can also find the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, and you can also send me an email directly to the Snes Podcast at Yahoo.com with any questions, thoughts, comments, uh, feedback, that kind of thing. Um, yes. Yeah. Speaking about podcasts, like Alonso, uh,
1: you've recently started like your own
0: podcast, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I have. I've just launched. Uh, I, I've just launched a new podcast from my uh, blog, which is the nerdfashionista.com um, and it's called Gaming and Heartbreak, so it's a more intimate feel. I don't have hosts, it's just myself, um, and it's more the premise of the show is more focused on um, current aspects of the gaming industry right now, looking at the market as it is, but also I also dive into um, a game of my choosing, whether it's a past game or something I'm playing currently, and just dive into my thoughts and feelings about it. So not necessarily review, just yeah, more intimate feel of, uh, of my experiences with a with game I've played in the past, and uh, what it meant to me at the time, or what it means to me now. Um, um, and I would love for you guys, if you could get, get some time, take a listen. You just type in iTunes, um, Gaming and Heartbreak, um, or it's also available on SoundCloud.com as well. And my blog is at Nerdfashionista.com if you're interested in in the current gaming landscape. But yeah, you know, I, I'm really enjoying um, being able to you know talk about games. You know, this is a very big aspect of my life. It's you know, and um, having the the um, ability to put something out there quite easily is, is a, is a beautiful thing. Um, But yeah, with the super NES podcast, you know, it's really all about community as well. Um, So I'm really hoping you guys touch base. You can find me on Twitter as well. um, And say hello. It's Alessandro D'Ossi as well. So please reach out if you can. And we look forward to putting together some, you know, more, um, more shows that, contrasting because it's easy for us to pick a game that's the most you know the top five super Nintendo games and talk how good it is but we also especially Greg's mission to find obscure titles where it has a little bit more angles to look at and, and and instead of nailing a bad game finding things about a bad game that are interesting and unique and um and really flush them out so we're really working on the library as well as well and like I said please feel free to put forward your um ideas and and, and we'll definitely listen to you guys so, like, Elantro, always, like, always fun talking to you again, like, about
0: Super NES games. Okay, thank you all. Take care. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how
1: you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you are playing with power. Power.